This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 250 of the Stable Scoop Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. Pushing them cows. You support our sponsors on this show because they make this podcast possible. <laughs> our sponsors this week are the Kentucky Performance Products. You can find them at kppusa.com and Horsequencher at horsequencher.com. Welcome to the Stable Scoop, with weekly shows delivered right to you. With Helena and Glenn the Geek, live from the stable, it's every week. They'll bring you the news through hell, high water, while using their tails as their own fly swatters. So sit on down and laugh till your poop, cause it's time again for Stable Scoop. Stable Scoop. Stable Scoop. I am Glenn the Geek. And this is not Helena B. This is Coach Jen. And you're listening to the Stable Scoop Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. Well, Helena's out again this week. She had to go this week on a field trip. She was a chaperone on a field trip for the school. So I don't all know I, where, I don't All know I can think of when I hear uh, school trip chaperone is kids getting sick on the bus um, kids screaming because they lost their lunch or kids uh, getting lost. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or, uh, or they don't show up uh, to the bus. Uh, they get lost in the mix and you're, you're minus one kid when you want to head home. So yeah. yeah, yeah. All of that stuff. Yeah. So it's the end of school time and Helena is, uh, doing her duties as a mom and that's more important than being here. So, uh, so we hope she has fun today, and she'll be back again next week. And I know I said that last week, but she really will be back next week. Hopefully, unless, <laughs> unless school, there's another field got to be out soon. Yeah. <laughs> they can't go to school all summer, can they? Well, depending upon how bad your grades are. You know, or, yeah, or how much snow they had. I don't know. Yeah, sure how exactly. much snow they had. <laughs> I know that schools in the south are out already, but the ones in the northeast will be going in like probably to August. Yeah. Uh, to make up for the, summer, for the winter they had up there. Uh, so we have a thank you, Jennifer, for filling in again today. Jennifer, of course, from HorsetipDaily.com and producer of Horses in the Morning. 795 episodes. Oh, you're going to be at 800 soon. Woohoo! Well, we have a couple of good guests, or we have a, a, a good guest lined up today. Mark Bedore uh, uh, wrote an article called A Ride on the Wild Side. He got to go on a cattle drive, but not just any cattle drive, a long cattle drive. And he's going to talk about that and, and some of the other things that he's found in his experiences with dude ranches across the United States. So, Thanks we're gonna, to Elite Equestrian Magazine. We appreciate their help in getting that set up. So we're going to be chatting with him a little bit later in the show. Plus, we have a Tack and Habit segment for you as well. I first want to mention RidersForHelmets.com. They, every year, do an International Helmet Awareness Day, and that date has been announced now over the weekend. It's Saturday, June the 22nd, and what that means is that you'll be able to buy helmets at a discount on June the 22nd online or in your local tax shops. A lot of them are participating. 
Um, but they ha- she has a ton of companies that are participating in this this year, and it's been very popular. I mean, they sell tens of thousands of helmets and, worldwide so, yeah. that day. Now, is is it a standardized discount throughout, or does each individual retailer choose their own? What was that? Does don't do all the retailers have the same deal? In other words. Um, I think the deal was, I I don't know, um, to answer that question. So uh, Go to ridersforhelmets.com. Yeah, Riders for Helmets is going to have more information at riders for the number four helmets.com. But it's also an educational opportunity, too, and and they have a lot of videos on that site. And uh, as I understand it, there's there's another message from Courtney King Die on there, who was the one that really was inspirational for getting this started. Um, in 2012, the International Helmet Awareness Day received support from 10 helmet manufacturers and 600 retailers in four countries, and I know that she's expecting a whole lot more than that this year. They have helmets that are going to be included in the Helmet Awareness Day, Sam Shield Champion, Gatehouse, Charles Owen, uh, GPA, uh, Antares, Tipperary, LAS, 1K Ovation. Good God, there's a lot of helmet companies. Uh, KEP, Troxel, and Aegis. Jeez, there's a lot of helmet companies. I didn't realize there were A lot more there than there many. were half a dozen years ago. Yeah. yeah. I didn't realize there were that many. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, it, uh, keep an eye on it. Check it out. Remember that your helmet is only good for four or five years, and then you need to replace it. There's no question about that. It doesn't matter the manufacturer. Helmets are good for four to five years, and that's because the foam inside of them biodegrade in the heat and become brittle and not as effective and will not save your head like you hope it would. I got to go shopping. Are you at that point? Yeah, the helmet I have is, um, yes, it's expired. The little alarm is going off. Uh-oh. The button popped that. out like a turkey. We need to get you a new helmet. <laughs> so this is the perfect opportunity to go shopping. That's right. Helmet Awareness Day. I think we bought one uh, for someone. We bought a gift to one last year. Yes, we did. Uh, we went we, to uh, the local tax shop. We dragged it. a friend to a tax shop and said, you will get a helmet today. And yes. the uh, the retailer was not participating in Helmet Safety Day, our Helmet Awareness Day. And we didn't realize that until after we had made a choice. And when he said that, we said, well, we'll just go to the tax shop down the road and get our helmet. And he said, oh, no, 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 I'll participate. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> All of a sudden, they were participating. So the the lesson there is, if your local retailer is not participating, put a little pressure on them. It's easy to do. All you do is sign up. It's not it's not hard to participate. Well, very good. So if your helmet's getting out of date or you just plain want a new one and with all the cool styles out today and all the new looks, uh, you just might want a new one. Uh, Just head on over there and take a gander at riders, the number four helmets dot com for all the details and all the retailers and things that are participating. And and most of the big online retailers are participating as well. So you bet uh, all the smart ones. Yep. Well, before we get started with our first interview today of Mark Bedore, we are going to take a break for our Kentucky Performance Products Nutrition Minute, and then we'll be back with Mark. This Nutrition Minute is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, the company that simplifies your search for research-proven nutritional supplements at kppusa.com. If you've ever had a horse with diarrhea, you know what a frustrating problem it can be. Finding an ingredient that works to dry up the diarrhea becomes a high priority. It turns out that researchers have found one, a yeast called Saccharomyces boulardii. 
It has been proven to improve and halt episodes of diarrhea. It supplies specific nutrients to the lining of the small and large intestines, and these nutrients promote healing of irritated tissues. It also supports improved starch and sugar digestion in the small intestine, reducing the opportunity for imbalances to occur in the hindgut. Nalox Advanced, made by Kentucky Performance Products, contains Saccharomyces boulardii, along with a blend of fermentation solubles and stomach buffers. Nalox Advanced is recommended for horses of any age that are suffering from diarrhea. It also supports a healthy digestive tract in horses at risk for gastric or colonic ulcers, such as performance horses or any horse that is constantly on the go and exposed to stressful situations. For best results, Nalox Advanced should be fed on a daily basis. This Nutritional Minute has been brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. You can find all of their terrific products at kppusa.com. Well, coming up uh, next is our guest today, Mark Bedore. He is uh, here, uh, compliments of Elite Equestrian Magazine at EliteEquestrian.us. He wrote an article for their latest uh, issue called A Ride on the Wild Side. It's about the Burntwell Cattle Drive in New Mexico that he was on. And uh, he also uh, has a book coming out about ranches that we're going to talk about. So let's talk to Mark. Well, hi, Mark, and welcome to the Stable Scoop Show. We appreciate you joining us today. Thanks for having me. Great to be here. Well, as I said in your intro, you are uh, here because uh, we have Elite Equestrian Magazine. We highlight them once a month here on the show and have a different author of a different article every month. And they asked us to uh, contact you this month about an article that I read in the magazine. Jennifer and I both read it called A Ride on the Wild Side about the Burntwell Cattle Drive in New Mexico. And you did the cattle drive thing, and uh, we got to hear more about this because it's something I think every horse person says they want to do and never get around to doing. So so tell us about it. What was that like? Well, uh, you know, everybody always asks me. Uh, I've been on uh, I've been to quite a few dude ranches uh, over the years, and everybody always goes, uh, the, the thing they always ask me is, is it like the movie City Slickers? And I say, well, yeah, it kind of is. And especially this one, because um, this was quite a challenging adventure that we did, driving these cows uh, up this mountain, uh, cow-calf pairs, and the calves were pretty new babies, so they were really tough to move, and it was hot and rocky and uh, challenging, but uh, also really beautiful and really a, a genuine cowboy experience. I mean, this was not a make this was not a made-up cattle drive. This was a cattle drive that the ranch actually had to do to get these cows from where they were to the pasture where they were going to spend the summer. So it was really a necessary task, and uh, it was a group of people coming together from all over the country, kind of like the movie City Slickers, you know, where we didn't know each other, and uh, people of different riding abilities. But uh, we all came together for this great adventure, and uh, it really turned out to be an adventure, a challenge, but we all became fast friends in the process, and and it just ended up being just one of those experiences that just stays with you for the for the rest of your life. And uh, something well, I would highly recommend. Well, if you're comparing it to City Slickers, of course, I have to ask if Jack Palance showed up. Uh, if well, Cur- Curly was there. Uh, well, <laughs> well, we didn't have Jack, but what we did have was a, was the bucking horse on the first night. <laughs> 
of the uh, cattle drive. When we first got there, we went and met our horses and got matched up and, and, and got, got in the saddle, and we went out for a little test ride. Well, when we're doing that, the ranch owner's horse started bucking for some unknown reason and bucked him off and he broke his collarbone. Oh, hey, caramba. <laughs> and that's the rancher. That gives you guys a lot of confidence going into your drive, doesn't it? <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was kind of a freak thing, but you know what? And, and uh, it was an absolute freak thing because they have really good horses. And, and the last guy you would expect to come off the horse was the ranch owner. Right. But uh, <laughs> anyway, his wife uh, saddled up, but Patricia took over. And their phone just got flooded when a, a fellow ranchers heard what happened. People were just calling to see how they could help, which is kind of a cowboy thing. Everybody sort of bands together when they hear somebody needs help. And so while we, we, we didn't have uh, Jack Pounce, uh, the, that kind of a character, we did have some unexpected adversity, which, which uh, you know, put a few wrinkles in it. But, but uh, Patricia saddled up. Another guy named uh, Dave, I believe his name was, a fellow rancher came in and, and uh, helped lead the drive, and um, it was exciting. So how many of you were there, uh, how many guests were there? I think there were about a dozen, about uh, a dozen of us on that drive. And, and how many cows? Let's see, we had close to 200 cows. Holy and smokes! And, and I wasn't envisioning, you know, a half a dozen. <laughs> oh, no, no, it was a, it was a big deal. Big and you... Deal and, uh, well, I was just going to say, you took them from one, really from one ra- sort of ranch to another, and you went a long way, right? We we did go a long way. I think I'm, I just uh, reread the story myself last night, so I could brush up on. It. I think we did, we did. I think the better part of fifty miles on that drive it was over four days. And you know, cows don't move very quickly, and they don't move at all unless you're pushing them all all the time. And when you're going up a mountain. You know, it's not like the, the Tetons and Jack's Hole wasn't that kind of a mountain, but it was some fairly significant inclines we went up, and and uh, it, was, it was rather warm, and it was it was uh, it was a challenge to get them to move. And as soon as you quit pushing on, they just start stop and start eating. So, um, so it was it was it was some work, but you know, it was also the kind of thing that a lot of people dream about doing. And I think the appeal of it is, you know, you're you really are out in the great wide open west. We we crossed these vast private ranches to get from where we were to where we were going. And these are private ranches that are like fifty square miles that nobody ever gets to go across. And we were escorted by the ranchers that own the property. So we got to see some places that that the general public just is not allowed to, to go. So so we saw some some real uh, beautiful country, and you know, spending the whole day horseback out in this out in Great America West, and then meeting the ranchers who would escort us across their property. Got to talk with them and, and find out, you know, what what their lives are like and the kind of issues that they deal with when it comes to running a real working cattle ranch. So it was it was a pretty cool deal. So. My Texas Instruments calculator tells me that you had 16.6 cows per cowboy. <laughs> um, the, pic- the, the lovely pictures that are in the article in Elite Equestrian show uh, what look like Herefords. Is that what, uh, what, you ha- what you were zhuzhing around out there were Hereford cattle? Uh, I think so. Either Herefords or Black Angus. Maybe it was a mix of them. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure. I guess what I remember most about them is just uh, that they were, they were tough to move. They were ornery. Yeah, well, you know, they'd rather just be left alone. I'd like most people, they'd rather just be left alone and eat. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, 
That's a, that's actually a really good trait in a beef cow. Yeah, is that you really want them to eat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. The ones who like to gallop generally, you don't want to pass on those genes. Now, so, one, right, right. I was going to say one of the things I read in your story is that you know the one day you spent twelve hours in the saddle. Now, you know most of us take a trail ride for an hour or two. Uh, some people, you know, the professionals will ride many horses a day, but twelve straight hours in the saddle is tough. I mean, was that tough? Well, it was tough. You know, I, I ride a lot, so, um, but yeah, even if you ride a lot, 12 hours is a long day in the saddle, and that was a hot day, and uh, some of the folks uh, were not aware of how much water they were going to need, so a few people ran out. I, I did not, so I was able to share a little water I had, but uh, yeah, 12 hours is a long time to sit on a horse. You know, when you when you go on one of these uh, cattle drive experiences, it's really a cool thing to do, but by the end of the week, you realize why everybody switched to cars. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's it's from it's it sounds easier. romantic. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, because the car, you don't have to catch the car, you don't have to saddle the car. You know, if it gets a little hot, you can. You know, there's like there's no air conditioning button on that horse. You know. No. <laughs> That's funny. So it sounded like you were roughing it a little bit. Did they give you the old fashioned? canvas tent that the cowboy really used or did you have modern ones uh tell us how that worked out yeah we did have we did have the canvas tp tents um that that people used also that part of new mexico is really dry so uh you're it's a pretty safe bet to be able to just sleep outside under the stars which i which i did one night which was pretty cool they had some cots along so you could set up a you could set up a cot and uh you and the scorpions. You know, yeah, I was just going to say you and the scorpions together out there. Yum. Right, and the rattlesnakes. Yeah. We we fortunately didn't uh, see either of those. Um, you know, I remember watching the the Rifleman episode one time where Chuck Connors had a had a rattlesnake crawl into his sleeping bag with him. And fortunately, that nothing like that happened out there. But, well, that's good. Because um, <laughs> I don't think we'd react the same way. <laughs> no, no, probably not. But anyway, you know. I mean, when you're uh, when you're not used to living in that environment, but I don't want to, I don't want to scare anybody off. <laughs> you know, despite the twelve hours and uh, you know the challenge of moving the cows, and it got a little warm, but uh, you know, it's the kind of thing that just makes you feel alive, and and it's just an experience. You know, it's just living. It's uh, to me, it's just kind of what life is all about. Just you know, out on a horse, out in the great west, and moving the cows, and and. Uh, and then you, you get to know all these different people from all over the country that come to a deal like this, and, and everybody has all these interesting different backgrounds and, and experiences. There was a couple there from Boston. There was a prison guard there from the, from the East Coast, uh, folks from, from Denver, and well, I'm from California. You, so said we had too, like a, you said in the article, too, you had, a, you had a lady who decided that uh, being a senior, she didn't want to play shuffleboard anymore and wanted to uh, do something a little more exciting. You had a senior there, what did you say, 73-year-old? Yeah, she was in her 70s. She was a courageous woman, um, and she had not done a lot of riding. She'd done a little bit, and she actually, to be honest with you, just lasted the first day. But but i got to give her credit for that because, uh, you know, she, she was... Um, she was pretty fit for being, uh, you know, a 70-plus person, but she wasn't really fit enough to do a 50-mile cattle drive. However, she did the entire first day and was thrilled that she did it, and then she helped out with the camp the rest of the time, and, and she said that that was plenty of adventure for her. So, uh, <laughs> But there were other folks also there uh, who were older, uh, 
60s, 70s that, that, that did just fine. So I think a lot of it has to do with your physical condition and how much riding you've done and that kind of thing. Because just because you're, you know, I'm, I've been on rides with guys that were, you know, 76 years old. And I've been at cattle uh, dude ranches where people have been riding when they were 80. So just because you're a certain number on the chart doesn't mean you can't do it. It's just a lot of it has to do with like your physical condition and your experiences. However, I got to give her credit because she was one courageous woman, and, and I remember talking to her <laughs> on the trail, and, and I said, well, you know, I, well, how's it going? And she said, well, I'm, I'm not too sure, but I always dreamed about doing this, and now I'm doing it. And I was just like, yeah, right on. You know, I, I thought that was great that she, uh, so, that she you know, went out to live her dream. Yeah, yeah. So are there age limits in that you have to be over age 18 or something to do this? Well, I'm not sure about what the low end of the scale is. I, I, uh, I, I imagine there, obviously, it probably wouldn't take a five-year-old long on a deal like that, but I imagine, uh, you know, teenagers or whatever would probably be welcome. I think you just would have to call a ranch and find out what their, what yeah. their limits are. Each ranch are. would have, have a different policy. Yeah. Well, they so, may have some insurance issues or something like that. Yeah. I'm not sure. So I got to thinking about this, and you said she helped out with the camp. Which of the two following scenarios did you have? Did you have a chuck wagon slogging along with the herd, or did you have the Ford F-250 food ferry show up every evening? Uh, we, had the, we had the food ferry. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we, didn't have, we, we didn't have the chuck wagon. So, so instead of throwing our bedrolls in the chuck wagon, we threw them in the, uh, was it the horse trailer or the back of the pickup truck? Uh, <laughs> our sleeping okay. bags or whatever, and then they'd haul them off to the next spot, and then we'd all meet up. We also had uh, you know, those old West amenities like cold beer at camp. So. <laughs> yes. You know, I love chuck wagons. Chuck, I'm, I have a fetish for chuck wagons, and uh, they're coming back. They're a big thing now, and there are competitions, all kinds of different cooking competitions. Was the food good? Uh, food was great. Food was great. Patricia um, had, a, had quite a crew of local folks that, uh, that show up to help out on these cattle drives that the ranch does, and uh, I can't remember what the particulars of the food. Uh, it's been a little bit, but uh, I just do remember that it was great food and lots of it. And, uh, and you know, you eat a lot on these deals, but you always uh, seem to burn every ounce of it off. So some about 12 hours on a horse, uh, there's a little bit of exercise. Yeah, it kind of makes you hungry. Well, now, uh, I wanted to just tell everybody that they can read the article and find out the rest of the details about about your trip over at Elite Equestrian Magazine, and you can find that at EliteEquestrian.us. EliteEquestrian.us. Get your subscription today. But you also, this wasn't the only, as you said, the only ranch experience you've had. You you just came out with a book, and I'm looking about the details of it here on Amazon right now, called Great Ranches of Today's Wild West. Tell us about that. Well, uh, I've been writing about the dude ranches, horseback trips, and basically all things Western for about the last 13 years. And my stories have been published in about two dozen magazines. And uh, I'd always wanted to do a book, and then I realized I had done a book because I'd done all these different stories on, on dude ranches. So I found a, a publisher in New, New York and uh, put together this coffee table book uh, called Great Ranches of Today's Bob West. And... What it is is a 10 by 12 hardcover profiling more than 20 dude ranches all over the West, everything from the real kind of rough and experience like this cattle drive was to kind of the high-end sort of a little more uh, cushy, comfortable 
kinds of dude ranches uh, and, and, and everything in between. And these ranches are from uh, New Mexico to Canada, out to California, Utah, Montana, Wyoming, Colorado. So it's really a good uh, overview of the kind of kind of city slickers experiences that are out there. And and, uh, and hopefully people will, will pick up the book. And one of the things I try to emphasize is that this is stuff you can do. I mean, I don't care who you are, how old you are, what kind of shape you're in. There's a ranch out there. There's a city slicker kind of experience out there that you can do. And, and one of the things I try to encourage people, that kind of the message of these stories is to get people, it's great to, to read the, the, the story or to watch the movie, but, you know, to actually get out there and do it is kind of what it's all about. So, well, so hopefully ta- these I'm stories will a- motivate people to do that. Well, I'm taking a look at, the, uh, at uh, some previews of the book here, and the pictures are great. Did you do the pictures? I, I did do the pictures, yeah. And, uh, you know, when you're out west, there are a lot of those pictures I shot from the back of a horse, too, and uh, especially like those cattle drive pictures. And when you're out in country like that, it's, it's pretty hard to, to miss because it's just, you know, every, every place you look is another picture. You know, it's just spectacular country. And then when you have horses and cowboys and cowgirls, it it's just makes for a great subject matter. Well, I'll tell you, it looks fun. I, I can't wait to see the book. It looks terrific. Uh, and, of course, you know, you guys, too, um, uh, you work with the Dude Ranchers Association. Is is that an association that was started just to get exposure for these dude ranches? Or did why was that association started? Well, they started back in 1926. Uh, huh. The association started, I think, as a... Uh, it's it's a kind of a different business because these ranches are all competitors. They're after the same vacation people, but they're but they also help each other. It's sort of like the the code of the West, the cowboy ethic thing, where uh, they have a lot in common. Obviously, they're all ranchers, and they form this association to share ideas and uh, talk about how to make the guest experience better. And and they have common issues they deal with, like insurance policies, for example, and and uh, the Dude Ranchers Association also has an, has an approved horse safety program where each ranch goes through a, a training program just to make sure that they're, they're certified so that people that are, you know, from back east or wherever can be confident that this is a ranch whose horse safety program has been certified so, so they can have a lot of confidence when they go to these places. Yeah, that, everybody wants an adventure. They don't want to die. That's uh, right. Yeah, yeah. We yeah we all want to be the one who decides when we get off the horse. Exactly. So we don't want we don't want the horse deciding that for us. So. But uh, that's that's one of the great things about dude ranches is it's the perfect place. I mean, we mentioned earlier about you know most people just go for a two hour trail ride. I always tell people that if you want to learn how to ride, if you've never been on a horse or have very limited experience, if you go to a dude ranch for a week. When you go home, you're going to know how to ride a horse. I mean, it's, it, it, I've seen it happen a million times. People go to the ranch. Some people, you know, get dragged there by their families because they really aren't that crazy about the idea. But by the end of the week, they have to be dragged home because they don't want to leave. So, <laughs> well, and you you spend 12 hours a day on a horse times four days. You've just put three months worth of riding lessons into one week. Well, no, I, but, I, but I have to tell you, though, that... This twelve-hour deal on the horse—that was—that was highly unusual. I mean, most most of these ranches that you go to, you'll 
you'll ride a couple hours in the morning, a couple hours in the afternoon. And, and even uh, like an extreme ride is, is six, maybe eight hours. But, uh, you know, this 12-hour particular day on this cattle drive was a very unusual kind of an experience. So, yeah. so I, I, I wouldn't want to wouldn't want to put in anybody's head that if you go to these places, you're going to be spending 12 hours on a horse. I mean, you're not going to do that. That that was just a real unusual experience, which I didn't mind because I'm a rider and, uh, and you know, I've put me on a horse. I'm a happy guy and I'll stay there all day if you make me. But, um, um, I just reassure people that you can do as much or as little riding as you want to when you go to these places. Don't, I, don't want to scare anybody off here. I need to find the dude ranch with the chuck wagon because that's the one I've always wanted to do. I've always wanted to help do the cooking and be on the you chuck just wagon. Wanna sit, you just want to sit on well, your butt in the chuck wagon and cook. Exactly, and yeah. I figured that I can eat all day while you're doing all the work. See, that's the sure, other thing. Sure. Yeah, see, well, that's you know, my that's, idea. That's, that's one of the things the Dude Ranch Association could do. I mean, if you call them and tell them, you know, I'm looking for a ranch where I can just do some really good eating, that's how I could set you up with <laughs> I'm a driver. See, I drive horses, so so that's okay, see cool. that, that's why the chuck wagon's kind of appealing to me. Um, that's great. Well, I bet there's one out there just for you. <laughs> I bet you there is too. Now, I wonder how many people. I wonder how many people that go to dude ranches. Well, I wonder what the percentages of of, of horse people and non horse people. You know, I, I I wonder if there's more non horse people or if it's the other way around. Well, you know, when you, you talk to the ranchers, uh, they, I think they get a lot of both and. Uh, and I think that one of the things that horse people would be surprised about is 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 the kind of good quality horses that these places do have for experienced riders. I've been on some really great horses at at dude ranches, and uh, at the same time, they have horses that uh, you know for people who've never been on one, and they have horses for little people and big people, and and a lot of the places don't have weight limits. And uh, they really are in the business of accommodating, you know, any kind of a rider. Um, but again, uh, you know, the best thing to do is pick out the one you want to go and then call them and ask them about their riding program. But, but I think that uh, even, you know, really good riders would be surprised at the really good horses that, uh, that these ranches have. I mean, they're just, they, 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 some of them will have told me that they get, an increasing number of people that know what they're doing on a horse. And of course they want to be able to accommodate those folks. And, and even people that are riders that maybe have their own horse at home, it's kind of nice when somebody else does the saddling for a week and you don't have to worry <laughs> yeah, about it. That's true. Somebody else does the stall cleaning. Yeah, somebody else true. does right, the right. grooming. <laughs> and the cooking. <laughs> and right. the cooking. <laughs> well, this has been great. Where can people find the book? Great ranches of today's wild west. Well, there's a couple places. Like you mentioned Amazon. It is on Amazon. They can also get it from me, and I'll sign one to them. I have a website. Uh, it's pretty easy to remember. Todayswildwest.com. And if they uh, get it from me, I'll send them a copy, a free copy of my uh, music CD. I played a little guitar and, and made a CD a few years back. And uh, So if they, if they buy it from me, I'll, uh, I'll give them a, a free copy of the CD. Oh, cool. That's great. Well, could you send us one of the songs and we'll play today's show out with it? Sure. I will do that. Give them a little sample. That would be terrific. Okay, great. Cool. I'll, I'll, I'll email it to you. Yeah, definitely do that. And we'll play today's show out with it. That'll be fun. 
All right, super. Well, we appreciate you being on, and we thank Elite Equestrian for introducing us, and uh, good luck with the book. And, uh, you know, I assume, is the next one going to be like uh, the ranches of Spain and Portugal, or you... Uh... Uh, the next one's going to be called Great Rides of Today's Wild West. Uh, there's a lot of rides in the West that aren't necessarily connected with a dude ranch, like the Billy the Kid ride in New Mexico. There's U.S. Cavalry School in Montana. Oh, cool. uh, There's pack trips in Yellowstone you can take, and I've done a lot of, a lot of that stuff, too, so the next book's going to be about, about those kinds of things. And then I'm going to do a second ranch book as well, I guess. Uh, some of the ranches I've... I've been to that are not in the book yet that said you should call the next one Greater Ranches of Today's Wild West. <laughs> More funny. Great Ranches. That's what it is. <laughs> right, That's right. Funny. That's funny. Well, very good. Thank you, Mark. I, I'll, I'll email that, uh, that, that music to you, and uh, thanks for calling. Well, thank you to Mark. That's something Jennifer and I have not done yet, but uh, we'll, it is definitely on our bucket list. Is Big time ranch. on the bucket yeah. list, yeah. That's one of the things we want to get done in, in the near future, is, is, a, is a trip to a dude ranch. Well, uh, we have a very special guest coming up next week. Tell us about that. Uh, well, those of us who love horse movies, and who doesn't, we have ne- coming up next week a pre-recorded interview with a fine horse trainer who is originally from South Africa and these days lives in California. And if you saw Seabiscuit or Racing Stripes or Legends of Zorro or Cowboys and Aliens or War Horse, then you've seen this man's work. His name is Bobby Lovgren, and he is a horse trainer and what they call in the movie business Wrangler. For the movie industry, and he was the lead horse trainer for the upcoming and soon-to-be blockbuster hit, The Lone Ranger, which we've been talking about nonstop for the past six months. And he spent a little bit of time with us last week, and uh, we did an interview. And what a fascinating and interesting fellow he is. And we'll have that for you next week. And I have to thank Jennifer because Jennifer worked long and hard through many, many layers of movie uh, uh, movie people to get this arranged. Uh, thanks to Disney for helping to get Everybody it has put people. together, too. Yeah, I was uh, so excited because I'm on the Disney list now. Oh, my God. <laughs> You're in the Disney list of approved uh, media outlets. Well, we'll see because we went two minutes over on time, so yes. they, might, uh, they might blacklist us now. But you did work hard about six months to get that interview nailed down and it, and we did have a lot of fun with it and you all get to hear that next week uh jamie jamie from the horses in the morning show and jennifer and i got this and got jamie is on there him. so it's a really good interview <laughs> yeah jamie knows her movies and she yes. knows her movie actors too yes. so and she especially knows horse movies yes so that was uh that and was we'll, a whole we'll, lot of fun and and we will find out which famous movie star was the most difficult to deal with when it came to horse wrangling we will find out. <laughs> and that's all coming up next week. Well, it is time for Tack and Habit. And this Tack and Habit segment is sponsored by Horse Quencher. Is your horse not drinking enough? Whether it's from weather changes, minor illnesses, trailer and traveling stress, there are many reasons you will have a horse refuse to drink sufficiently. 
Yet being fully hydrated is the first line of defense against minor issues becoming major. There is a product that helps even the pickiest of drinkers drink more, all-natural horse quencher. Listen to what four-in-hand champion Chester Weber has to say about it. Since I was introduced to Horse Quencher, I've been wildly impressed with its ability to keep the horses in the water buckets drinking, and it's given me real peace of mind. One often doesn't know they need a product until they're introduced to it, and this was a product I didn't I didn't know I needed at all, but due to the traveling that we, we do, it's, uh, it's been really helpful. It's also been very helpful with horses that, you know, are a little colicky or something like that. We'll always hang in buckets um, in their stall, you know, they'll drink more, and their general health will just be better. Take it from Chester Weber. Horse Quencher is the all-natural product you want to help your horses drink as much as they should. Find it at your local feed store or tack shop or online at horsequencher.com. That's horsequencher.com. Well, Jennifer, you're bringing us the Tack and Habit product this week, and and. You have all you've always always since uh, for the last 15 years been using synthetic saddles. Uh, yes. But this is the first time in the last couple of months I can remember you using a synthetic bridle and I asked you about that today. And uh I thought well let's get you on the air to talk about what the differences are and whether you like your it's a Wintech synthetic bridle, right? It's a Wintech synthetic bridle. Not all synthetic bridles are made the same. Um I will prerequisite the review with I'm a leather snob. I would rather have no leather than crappy leather. And when I moved down here to Florida, I was forewarned because my tack does not live in a um, hermetically sealed building that everything would mold and I would get cranky about it. And I thought, no, I keep my tack clean. It won't mold, but I'm sorry. You, it would be perfectly clean leather tack. The next morning it's green and fuzzy. So that did start to drive me crazy after a while. So I had the opportunity to replace my strap goods, that would be my bridle, my breastplate, my girth, with synthetic Wintech products. And I'm very familiar with Wintech saddles and love them. Um, they have a very good quality and they're very durable. So I thought, well, heck, let's give it a try. And I got strap goods that match my nifty Wintech 2000 saddle. And um, I'm pleasantly surprised. I really am. The fit of the bridle is very nice. Beaker has your typical short, fat quarter horse head. So not when you buy a really cheap leather bridle, the parts have a tendency to not have the right ratio. One part will be too big and another part will be too small, which is a very common thing with a le- cheap leather bridle. Um, this Wintech bridle... In addition bridle, to smelling like camel pee. Well, here's yeah. that too. That's yeah. separate. Um this Wintech bridle at the whopping price of $48.95, if I were to buy a leather bridle for that price, I would be getting something that was really appropriate for a dog chew toy. Um, but I must say the, the fit is very nice. The brow band in particular is, can be a problem because he has a wide head, is long enough that it doesn't crinkle his ears and make him uncomfortable. Um, the nose band fits around his fat nose, and it fits just perfectly. It's not too big or not too small. And, and I finally got it dirty enough to make it uh, worthwhile to clean the other day. And it, yes, it is as easy to clean as they claim. I just took a wet towel and went over it with a wet towel, and every speck of dirt came right off of it. Um, impressed. I really am. And it's, it's much softer than I expected it to be. I thought the, le- the, the material they make it out of, which I, I'm not sure it's proprietary, uh, so I don't know what you would call the the strapping other than 
artificial leather. leather yeah. I don't know if it's beta or if it's something else. It's much softer than I anticipated it would be, and it's got a a nice soft feel to it. The edges aren't too sharp like some of them are. And if you're 10 feet away, you can't tell it's... No. And it's got good quality stainless steel fittings on it. It's not that nasty cheap stuff. And the other thing, too, is uh, does it have the padded nose band and brow bands? The, the nose band and the brow band are what they would call, in the, if you were to buy a leather bridle, padded. padded yes, okay. but it's not big and fat and squishy padding. Um, the padding is, adds to the look of the bridle, but it doesn't make it squishy. Like if you were to buy the, they make it in a, in a flash nose band or a regular nose band. Um, the flash version, the padding, a lot of people like super fat padding because they crank the nose bands really, really tight. Um, I don't think that that would be a factor for the dropped nose band part of it, but it does make it look prettier. It kind of dresses it up a little bit. Okay, cool. And that, so, and they are all of the Wintech bridles are sold without reins because then you can decide which kinds of reins you like, whether you like the laced style or if you want leather reins. You're still using leather reins, reins, right? I still have my leather reins. I'm very much in love with them. <laughs> I wasn't quite ready to go to, to synthetic reins yet, but once these ones kick off, which won't be too awfully long, uh, I'm liable to give the synthetic reins a try. But for now, I'm I'm very pleased with the durability. The fit is very good. As I said, the workmanship is nice, and the, the metal fittings are of good quality, so I'm not going to have rusty fittings, which is really irritating. Now, do you find, actually, that the buckles are easier to do on the synthetic bridle or the leather bridle? Um, in my particular case, the buckles are just as easy to do as a leather bridle. If you're one of those people that either A, has a cheap, nasty leather bridle, or B, doesn't clean and condition their leather bridle very often, you will find that this is very easy to work with because unlike leather, if you don't do anything to it, it does not adversely affect its feel or its strength. Natural leather, if it's not cared for properly, will become dry, crusty, brittle, etc. This will not. You can just never clean it and it just gets crusty and dirty, but it doesn't have an adverse effect on its ability to do its job. So probably make a great everyday bridle for using every day and keep the, uh, the, the good one that you have for your shows. Uh, yes, so. for, for camps, for people with school horses, the, 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 you know, the students abuse the tack. Uh, for a spare in the bottom of your tack trunk, you know, you go to a show, you have your nice show bridle. What happens when the, you know, it, it gets shredded, it gets stolen, something like that? You, it's a good fitting bridle and a good quality bridle. So keeping it around as, as a spare, even for horse shows, I think is a good move. Very good. That's the Wintech Bridal, only $48.95. You can find, they come in pony cob and full sizes, and I think they come in black and brown. Yes. Uh, so we, we got that price off of equestriancollections.com. We'll put a link to that in our show notes at stablescoop.com under the Tack and Habit segment. Thank you once again, Jennifer, our product guru. We appreciate you doing that. And uh, my pleasure. And I noticed too that Helena had a little trip this past weekend. She went down to Virginia uh, to do some fox hunting things, and I think she's dying to tell us all about it. So uh, she'll be back next week to talk all about her uh, fox hunting adventures. And I saw pictures of her in fancy hats at fancy places. So it should be a it should be a lot of fun to hear how how that all went down in fox hunting country of Virginia. Cool. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. We appreciate it. You can find all the show notes for today's show at StableScoop.com, where you can find links, photos, and more information about our guests 
As always, we love your feedback. Please follow us on Facebook under Stable Scoop and Twitter at Horse Radio. Many thanks to our sponsors today, and they are Kentucky Performance Products at KPPUSA.com and Horse Quencher at HorseQuencher.com. Love Horse Quencher. Be sure to visit all the great shows on the Horse Radio Network at HorseRadioNetwork.com, including Jennifer's Horse Tip Daily. Woohoo! And also, Horses in the Morning that Jennifer and I do. You can join us mornings at 9 a.m. Eastern at HorsesInTheMorning.com. Well, that's it for this week, Jennifer. And there will be plenty more next week.